This is a story of a young couple who lived in L.A. They met there, they worked together, and they decided they want to move to the Pacific Northwest. But how were they going to find a realtor, pick a neighborhood, and figure out how and if they could buy a home in a city that they didn't even live in? Let's find out. up everybody i am david sedoni the how to buy a home guy and it's story time yay story time with dave enough of my babbling weekly about how much i care about you and how you can do this let's hear some results yeah this is not theoretical ideas or hypothetical advice it's time for another first time buyer podcast listener success story now if you're a new listener to the podcast and you're looking for specific step-by-step instructions hey it's out there there are a whole bunch of other episodes for that but there's plenty you can still learn from listening to their story. Lots of tips, strategies, and juicy nuggets of wisdom packed into John and Adrian's story of buying a home three states away. One of those states was California, so that's a long way. Moving from another city can be stressful. Moving in general is stressful, but moving from one city to another city that you haven't lived in before, that's crazy. Trying to buy a home before you settle into the city, well, that can be freaking mind-melting. It's a monster hurdle. So what's the best way to start your planning and purchase of your first home remotely from another city, (laughs) right? How do you do that? It's an intriguing topic. As a buyer, you're getting new remote tools that are being invented and implemented practically every day. But don't get confused. This is not going to be your guide on how to buy a home totally online. That still has some pretty major drawbacks that you want to avoid. Until you guys out there can teleport, it's best that you use a local team, boots on the ground, to help you out, instead of trying to buy long distance with just your avatar. This is not a how to sit in your PJs and click on your laptop to make the biggest financial decision and emotional investment of your entire life. That ain't my jam. This is how to properly secure yourself a remote experienced real estate team located and specializing in your future city and getting to them early. This is how to get a pro rock star team that's not only willing to help you first-time buyers make a cross-country or a cross-state move, they're also there to help you plan well ahead of time before you start making offers. It's a team that is up-to-date on all the tricks and the remote hacks to help you feel like you were there when you're working with them remotely, preparing your finances and cruising neighborhoods, and you can do this all in the comfort of your current home, hundreds and hundreds of miles away from where you're going to buy. There's a lot of other great first-time buyer tips in this episode. So listen up, and we're even going to get into some detail-oriented, not often discussed hacks and tools and techniques. I told you you can do this. tell you that all the time. Let's hear how John and Adrian did. Hi, everybody. Here we are. Well, I've got some uh, exciting folks with us here today. Adrian's been a friend of mine since I don't even want to talk about it. It was a long time ago, and her and her husband, John, gave me a buzz like, I don't know, Years ago? How long ago was it we started talking about this? Yeah, about a year and a half ago, something like that. Now, the thing that was interesting for me that I think a lot of listeners might be in kind of that weird position is a lot of people don't want to buy a house because they're not quite sure where they're going to live. So tell us about your journey and how that worked for you guys. We knew we kind of wanted to get out of California. My family is up in the Seattle area, so maybe somewhere near there and somewhere with trees. And we've been intrigued by 
the Portland area and you had never even been there, right? I hadn't. So we took a vacation out there a year ago and visited a few cities to see if it's someplace we'd want to live. And we ruled out some cities and we found other cities that we thought were good contenders. And in those cities, every neighborhood was really nice. So we're like, okay, let's see if we can get a realtor while we're still in California and figure out a way to do everything remotely, especially because COVID came shortly thereafter. Mm. And then we had decided to take another trip out there and meet with the realtor later in the process. But earlier in the process, we did everything from California, did the research on the internet, talked to you, eventually talked to the realtor and the lender over Zoom. And yeah, that's how we did it. Did you guys have any any tricks that you found as far as like looking at things online or were you using Google Maps? Were you What were the things that you were doing to kind of explore a neighborhood without actually being in it? Yeah. So, I mean, we were looking up a lot of just different properties in a few different areas. I do know some people that live out there and just talk to people and looking up a lot of sites like, what are the safest neighborhoods? What are the funnest neighborhoods? Like just a lot of, there's so many top 10 lists of everything now. Yeah. So, sort of look at a bunch of those and then see, oh, well, this one is actually listed in five of them. So, I think I can probably trust that. Oh, and that's just- smart. When they're clickbaiting you, you just kind of resource them against each other to see which one pops up the most. Yeah, I figure if five different sites say that Beaverton is a good place, there's probably got to be something about it. And then was able to sort of ask the people that I did know about that. And it seems like a lot of people saying that area was really nice. So sort of where we started. And then, but yeah, other than that, it was just sort of strange to not really know. So it was, it was exciting to get out there and really start looking around. Okay. So what were some of the other scary aspects when you were trying to figure out how to do this whole process? Yeah. Looking in a different state. And like we told Ben, our realtor, we said, we're kind of depending on you to tell us if this area is not safe or something that we don't see because it's got beautiful trees. Doesn't mean it's (laughs) awesome. And we don't have kids. We don't need to be in a nice school zone or anything. Yep. It was just not knowing what was out there, not knowing, you know, in terms of buying a house, what was scary? Is there going to be a bidding war? Is there going to be no inventory? These were all things that we were really facing right as we got down to the wire. Yeah. And we're seeing things. It's like, oh, was, if we had bought this six months ago, it would have been 50,000 less. Like it was just, it was increasing so fast. And so we're just like, geez, if like if I wait another six months, are we going to be priced out of this? You know? Right. What's really scary is I just before we got on was being the idiot nerd that I am when I was looking through real estate data. And what's crazy is since you guys bought, it's even more straight up. It's just been unbelievable, but it's a really interesting thing for us realtors. Now, for those of you guys out there who don't know, like I said, Adrian and I have known each other forever. I saw you guys get married on Facebook. You know how it goes when you have friends <laughs> who are all in different places. So uh, like I knew John long before he ever had a conversation with me because I'd seen the posts. And when you called me, it was kind of a weird thing for us because it was like, hey, this is kind of what you do now, huh? And yeah. so- It was great because one of my favorite unicorn realtors is up there in Portland. And the hardest part of our jobs as realtors that all the buyers out there need to understand is like Adrian taught me how to use a computer. So I knew that they would probably understand the tech side of it, but there's a lot of stuff like, hey, is this neighborhood safe? And I'm all for it because as far as what we can and can't say is realtors. So you guys being ethically, we can't gerrymander. We can't say certain things because we can't discriminate. So there's a lot of websites out there, sheriff sites and crime safe and all that stuff like that, that you guys end up having to figure out for yourself. But then talk to me about where, where Ben, the Portland unicorn, who's helped a lot of people. And in this case, it was great. Cause I was like, 
hey, A++ service. And he's like, come on, am I going to do anything less? So tell me about how he helped you guys understand what was going on with a community that you'd only visited on vacation. He was actually very helpful when he came out, when we were in Portland to finally look at houses with him. He told us before we went into a house, like, don't say anything like, oh, I changed the cabinets like that. He's like, just assume that the seller is somewhere listening somehow. Like he taught us that little nugget. We're like, oh, okay. Um, I saw a stat. There's like 37% of homes have nanny cams now. Sellers. Wow. That's what they're putting them in the house and sitting. Because sellers want to know, ooh, what's everyone think? Yeah. Yeah. That was like the first thing he said to us. And that scared me. I was like, okay, (laughs) we'll be so nice. But um, (laughs) he was like, he would kind of tell us about the area too. When he came out, like, oh, this is, you know, Nike's not too far. And he just kind of gave us his opinion of some of the attractions in the areas. Well, Andy was actually there, which is what we were sort of concerned about of going with some of these other companies is that you're talking to someone and then you're pushed off to an assistant. And he was very involved the entire time. So, Okay. Everybody out there, hit the little rewind button on your iPod. Oh my God. I dated myself. I said iPod. Um, There should be a drinking game every time you say you're old, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. I appreciate that. (laughs) That's very nice. (laughs) It's fun to just be a guy with experience now, but it is really that thing that I, again, hit rewind, go back and listen to that. I just had a conversation today with somebody in Poughkeepsie, I've always heard of Poughkeepsie, probably from Bugs Bunny, but I don't really know where it is. But I talked to an agent there and she's an experienced agent, but she still takes on first time buyer clients. And that's that magical unicorn that you're looking for. I always say it's about 25% of the people, but Ben's a big wig, man. And the fact that he didn't just pass you off to somebody else, I know that you guys got incredible stellar service. And for what you guys were doing, you totally needed that because you were coming into a town out of nowhere. So... Tell us about the search. What'd you guys end up like decide? Was there anything that you thought you absolutely had to have that you realized suddenly, ah, no big deal? Or what were the fun things that made you pick this place? <laughs> we actually put it, yeah. So it was the first place we looked at. <laughs> Are you serious? Uh, yeah. Wow. So we had a few places, a few links say places we want to check out. And we were going into it fully thinking like, all right, well, this is basically the first day we're here. Who knows what's going to happen here? And we walked in there, it just... It kind of checked all the boxes. It seemed it was really big for us to make sure that we like the area because the areas that's harder to change than, than the house itself. So not being too stuck on, oh, this layout is not something I like or something like that. Because I mean, all that stuff's changed. You know, it's yours. You, you can at some point do whatever you want with it. So, you know, it had four bedrooms. We needed office space for both of us. It had a great outdoor area, balcony, built-ins. Well, it, just, it just really kind of checked pretty much every box. And so it seemed kind of silly. We asked, it was like, is this, I mean, we looked at two other places that day and they were nice, but the first one just was, was really it. So we're like, are we crazy to put an offer on the first one we looked at? He's like, I don't think so. We it's, texted right. you. Yeah, we texted yeah. you and you said, no, it's not crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know. You sent me that text and it was so funny. Cause all I think of was one of my first apartments in North Hollywood. Cause uh-huh. the first one I went to, I looked at a dozen. The second one I moved into was the first when I started looking. And I was mm-hmm. like, this place is great. And then every place else I looked at, I just kept like, you're kind of leaning back towards the other place. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. well, forget it. But that has a lot to do with the fact that if you're going to get someone who's going to listen to you, who's going to have a real consultation with you. Now, I always tell people, I don't build the houses. So tell me what you like. 
And then when we get outside away from the nanny cams, tell me what you don't like, because that helps me figure out what to look for. But if you had a good initial conversation with someone, sometimes they might be like, I know a couple places it might work for you. So, but it is always crazy. You feel like, am I nuts? Am I going too fast? <laughs> I'm glad yeah. you saw a couple other houses. Yeah. Solidify it for you guys. Yeah. Well, we only had like three days to do this. Four days. Four yeah. days. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say to anybody who's interested in doing this, just go try and see what happens. Because we got really lucky with this house. And that's an interesting story. Yeah. It was one of those things we were just sort of assuming like, all right, well, we're going to put in this offer, but that's not going to work. Right. You know? We didn't think it would work. <laughs> it's like they'll, because we were doing it at asking and I've seen things going for higher and just like, oh, what real chance do we have here? But whatever. It's worth it to give it a shot. We have nothing to lose really. And then the next day we were driving around sort of looking at other places. We we're kind of planning a route. So we could sort of hit a bunch of stops instead of yeah. going back and forth across town. Yeah. And that made it really easy. And then, yeah, he had, he had called us as we were looking at like the fourth place because we were planning on saying like, all right, we just went and looked at 12 places. We want to actually see if you can get meetings for these five or something like that. Yeah. And instead he called to tell you that you're a what the heck offer. He did it like an HGTV yeah, he, show. He buried the lead. He, yeah. he, he's, like, <laughs> he's like, hey, guys. So there was another offer and they're putting down more. And it was this whole, we were expecting to be like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And then like after this long speech, he goes, so it's yours if you want it. <laughs> we're like, what? If you, if you do it that way, we're so in shock that we don't know to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so we were on the side of the road, just sort of parked there. It's like, this, this, what, like what just happened? So, like, I don't even know. Wow. Well, I, I know Ben pretty well, and I've been doing that for years, too. It's super yeah. fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's super fun. Okay. So all you guys who came for education, I'm excited that you're here today. Thank you so much for that. We're getting into the part that a lot of you want to know about real estate. So tell me the crazy story. Give me the gossip. Okay. So it's a beautiful house and it had been on the market for over a week and in that area, which was really weird. In which month? June. June, 2021, a house on the market for a month thinking it's overpriced, it's haunted, or they just aren't opening the doors to anybody because everything's going like that. This was only a week and that was still weird. Ben was surprised too. So what had happened was the listing realtor had checked the box that said this house was a townhouse or a shared- So yeah, I think it was being filtered out of a lot of people's yeah. searches. That's a search. search that's that, a big one. Yeah. And we were searching for kind of everything. So it came up for us and we could see that it's a single family home. So that was a mistake that that realtor made. But the next was all Ben because I said there was another offer. They were putting down more money than we were. And they were offering, were they offering more? Like five grand over, not that much. Yeah, it was about 5,000 over asking. Yeah. But... You want to tell this part? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so the problem was, is their money was contingent on them selling their house, which they had not done yet. And it wasn't disclosed necessarily that that was the case. So they didn't really have that money, which I know probably happens fairly often. And they wanted to move in right away. And the owner, they were hoping to stay through August, at least for a couple of weeks in August, you know, rent free because they weren't ready yet. And these other people were like, well, no, we want in now. And we really were fine with that. That worked with our timeline anyways. Yeah. So just Ben calling and, and he insisted that they look into where the money was coming from for the other because offer. What you're saying is the other offer was contingent. They had to sell a house to have the money in the bank to buy this house. And they were presenting that they could do that and move in quickly. But the listing agent hadn't verified that. 
yet your buying agent actually called him on it and said, are you sure? Yeah. He said, if they're lying about this, what else might they be lying about? <laughs> so that's Man, why that, they went with us. That's big cojones, Ben. I love it. Yeah, he, he, was cry- he was like, woo, I'm proud of <laughs> That's awesome. So number one, have a great realtor who's got big cojones and can do stuff like that for you. Mm-hmm. And then number two, you guys had the advantage. I tell people there's two things in real estate and that's it, time and money. So explain how the time factor worked for you guys for this particular seller who had their box checked wrong. And that's the reason why you got it. I love that. Yeah. But, you know, like you said, she wanted to stay an unknown amount of time into August without paying rent on it. And we weren't ready to move anyway. As you have often said, you pay rent the first of the month, but you pay your mortgage at the end of that month instead. So we would have that free month anyway. We ended up staying here too long. So we're paying another extra month of rent, but we wanted to give the seller more time. And she didn't end up needing all of it, but it's hard to plan for that stuff. But yeah, she just, that was something that she wanted. And that was really one of the only things she asked for. So it was, yeah, well, and it was, you know, we had to sort of take it as is there were inspections that we did, but right now it seems like sellers can kind of kick the windows out on the way out. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. The inspection they, right now is just make sure there's no dead bodies. And if there aren't, then you're good. Yeah, pretty much. So there was a couple of minor things, but nothing that would really be worth arguing about. Yeah. And there was a, an issue with the sewer line, like 30 feet of pipe going to the sewer line, which was going to be somewhat expensive. But as Ben said, that's one of those things that a lot of sellers are like, well, that's the last thing I want to be worrying about. I'm leaving. I want to spend a bunch of money on fixing a sewer line. But they did give us a bit of a credit. They basically took a bit of a credit off the closing costs in order to pay for part of that once we do get it fixed. So, and that was all Ben. And that was Ben too. Yeah. And that's great. See, and it's again, because Ben and I do this all the time and it's very difficult for first-time buyers to separate what everything means when you're talking about, okay, we'll fix something or credit something or because they don't want to fix it. The reason they don't want to do that is because it takes time. That could mess up the escrow. Not to mention if they fix it, you usually don't check it till like three or four days before you close. And what if you go to check it and you hate what they did or they did it incorrectly or a shabby job? So when you get a credit, the easiest way to explain to people is just like you get to keep more cash. So now instead of having to pay $10,000 closing costs, you're only paying $5,000. Now you move in and if you want to fix the sewer, you can, or you can use that $5,000 for all the other little things you want in the house. But wow, that's incredible. And the whole rent back thing, if you're brand new and you don't really know what's going on, understand this is the market right now. And the rent back thing is a great way. And those of you who are into it and know what's happening, cool thing about that is what you guys do by doing that and giving someone a cheap rent back or a free rent back. You don't have any appraisal issues. If you're going to say, well, I need an extra $10,000 so I can stay in this house or go buy or go get a storage unit and rent or live someplace else, it's a way to up the price without upping the price Mm -hmm. because whatever that rent would have cost her, that mortgage would have cost her, you're now giving it to her by having free rent, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't change your purchase price. So you still stay in a nice appraisal level. Right. And then I will do a whole nother podcast with, the, I'll probably do it as a video with a whiteboard to explain that whole free <laughs> month thing. But there really is a free month. So you guys have some time. So you guys aren't even in the new house. We're interviewing you. How many hours away? 14 hours away from a property that you own, right? That's about a thousand miles. Yeah. thousand miles away. Just sitting there. Sitting there empty. <laughs> Just <laughs> crying for you guys, I'm sure. <laughs> now- Here's the big thing. I know with you guys, 
So you got four bedrooms. So is one of the bedrooms for the cats? (laughs) It'll end up being that way. (laughs) You know, that's the thing about just the way the world has shifted lately is that people can work from anywhere and that's what we're doing. So that's why we're able to move out of state. So I'm sure that this is a very common thing that you're going to be dealing with. If yeah. you're not okay. It's so funny. Other realtors call me and say, you're a genius for starting this podcast to help people all over the country. And I'm like, yeah, sure. That's why I started it. Exactly. <laughs> but it's true. I got a call from a guy in San Jose in the big tech world. And everyone knows how expensive the Bay Area can be. And he asked them and they said, well, you have to come back once a month. And he added up 20% pay cut and had to come back once a month. He still could buy a three times larger house in Charlotte. Wow. Mm-hmm. So he and his wife moved and, and she got a job there and they're super happy. So the remote living is interesting. Now for you guys, the remote living offered affordability and maybe a different lifestyle too. I'm guessing yeah. I've seen Portlandia. It looks different than California. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just beautiful. I mean, it's just nature that we don't really have out here anymore. And the rents around here are going up so much and so fast. We're going to be priced out anyway. So the fact that we were able to do this right now is really amazing. And if I didn't listen to your podcast, I don't know if we would have like started as well or as soon as we did. Yeah. I mean, it was something we were sort of, oh, well, this is an idea and this is something I want to maybe do in a couple of years. But I think after talking to you, especially, it was, okay, like this actually makes sense to, to, to do, do it. This. So, you know, a lot of people, you hear this 20% number as if this is some sort of gospel. It's like, well, if you don't have that, then just forget it. And like, that's just not even close to accurate. And one of the things that I've kept telling other people is it's, but you had said, which is like, are you going to let an extra $100 a month keep you from doing this because you have to pay this private mortgage insurance? Like, is that worth not owning a house? I'm pretty sure you can probably work that out. Yeah. And I know someone's going to be listening to this in 2024, 25. Maybe it'll be flat by then. But mm-hmm. I mean, your extra 100 bucks a month, how much have you guys made while you haven't even moved in? That's what's scary. Your house has gone up in price and you haven't even moved in. And it has, yeah. It's still going to be that way for a little while. Well, that's exciting because for me, it was amazing and wonderful and also incredibly sad that you're my friend and I talk to you all the time, but it took my stupid podcast for you to actually listen to me. (laughs) I support everything you do. (laughs) That is true. That is very, very true. But it is funny because my friends won't even ask me questions because they have the old gospel in their head. They're like, oh, I'll call David when I'm ready. And then I'm like, gosh, I should have named it how to plan to buy a house. And then Mm -hmm. maybe my friends would call me. But I'm so excited for you guys. And it's such a neat story. So do you have any other words of wisdom for people out there besides find a house where the realtor's dumb and checks the wrong box? Yeah, that helps. (laughs) We really like the lender that he worked with, Scott. He was very good. He was also really involved in talking us through the whole process and giving us those options. Like, look, we can lock in this interest rate. We can lock it in at a higher rate. And then you get this money back. And he's showing us these calculators and all these things. And he's like, yeah, I just really want you to know that you made that decision. And isn't you're not necessarily being told this is what you have to do. Yeah. Oh, that's so like great. You, like you've said, going with a lender that your realtor trusts is a way better idea than going with like a big online company or something like that. That made a huge difference for us. Yeah, they worked together so much that everything was able to just be instant. Right away. They're they're texting and calling each other the entire time. So just, you know, it's like a couple hours and it's done. (laughs) That's the big thing I always try to tell people that what you were talking about earlier about if you call one person, then you get passed off to an assistant or somebody else and you never work with the person whose name's on the door. 
with the Rocket Mortgage and Quicken Loan and Loan Mart and all those places. I was watching baseball the other night. You would have been proud of me. It wasn't the Mariners, sorry. But I don't know what channel they're on. Oh, my God. You're wearing a shirt. Of course you are. Well, that's okay. Them and the Angels both not so hot this year. But it was I was watching the game and Loan Mart's the Major League Baseball. And I'm sure they do a great job, but you're going to talk to eight different people. And I think that's one of the things I'm trying to explain with the podcast is it's not just because I'm a realtor, but the realtor is the hub. And then when you're good and you do a lot of business like Ben does and like I do, you have the best lenders in town calling you. And then you get you find a Scott and you're like, cool. And now Ben and Scott are Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. And if Scott does a bad job for Ben, guess what? Half his business goes away. Yeah. So he treats you like gold. And then it's the opposite of a vicious cycle. It's a fantastic cycle where everybody has to take care of each other and keep it going. So yeah, and once really the awesome. process starts, you have to move pretty quickly on everything. That was sort of what was surprising. It's just sort of it's like, oh, yeah, we need that earnest money just by tomorrow. And it's like, oh, oh all right, right. I get this yeah. done right away then. So, but yeah, just getting those everything in motion and getting everything signed and then getting everything to us happened so fast. And I think that a lot of that had to do with them knowing each other so well. And just, it's, it's like any occupation out there. If you do it really well, you make it look easy. And a lot of people think, oh, that's great. But then all you have to do is go online. You'll see a million horror stories in real estate. So, but yeah, especially now in 2021, being able to move as quickly as we can, being able to negotiate and out negotiate like Ben did for you guys. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, our first house, we're going to take it easy. We're just up for a few days. And then all of a sudden you realize the earnest money's due immediately and you have to get that in. And so get ready to move when you move. But I'm glad that you guys did reach out to me and that I got to plant the seed in your brain and get you going. So I'm super excited for you. Thanks so much for joining us all today. I know it's probably the most exciting thing you got to do all week. So (laughs) well, thank you for your help. This has been awesome. So thank you. You guys are great. All right. That story was amazing. I'm so over amazing, but I don't have my thesaurus in front of me. So all you have is my week vocabulary. That story was rad. So did you catch the part about the nanny cams? (laughs) That was pretty sick. Or security cameras. There's a lot more of those these days, but you got to be careful. The nanny cams, those are the ones that are hidden inside something. It doesn't look like a camera. So don't say anything in front of that teddy bear or weird art piece because it could be a camera. It's a big one. I tell my clients all the time, while we're in the house, take mental notes or written notes. I always give them something they can write on. And then later on, we'll discuss what's really going on outside. And I mean, way outside, away from the front door cameras. Remember, you guys know what I always say. This is a one-off sale. One seller selling one thing, one time. They make the rules and they're not allowed to discriminate, but they can just decide to do whatever they want because they're crazy. Sometimes people are very emotionally attached to their home. I mean, think about it. How emotionally attached if you got into homes that you've been looking at online when you're doing your Zillow porn searching, right? Imagine how you'd feel if you actually own the home for 10 or 20 years and you did all the upgrades that you were watching on HGTV yourself. How proud of it and emotionally attached you'd be to it. Don't give those folks in the house a reason to think you don't love what they've done or what they haven't done to the place. Now, another great tip that we got from that episode was when you're doing your research, looking in an unfamiliar area, 
Don't get all freaked out by all those top 10 lists. Don't put all your eggs in one basket and assume that one list is right. Don't snopes every single list to try to figure it out. Just do what John said he did. Gather the data and cross-reference them to get a top 10 list. If something's mentioned multiple times, it's probably true. And don't tell me, oh, God, that's so much work. How many reviews do you read before you buy sneakers or a tech gadget or something else online? This is just a little bit bigger than that. Why don't you give it the time it deserves? It's a freaking home. Go deep on your city research and and cross-reference everything. And while you're on the internet, I have to remind you a few simple safety internet reminders. My kids, when they were in elementary school, my wife and I had to go take all these classes on how to be safe on the internet with your children. Well, here's the things I learned. Number one, the internet is the best place for people to bitch. So don't believe everybody's nasty negative comments. Number two, next door is useless when you're trying to figure out what's going on in a neighborhood, and it's built for whiners who have nothing better to do but sit around and whine about coyotes and teenagers on their electric bicycles. Number three, most community boards are built for horrible, terrible people to do nothing but do but bitch and whine. And this one is, uh, as you can tell, there's a little bit of humor behind those, but I'm pretty serious. But what we are going to talk about now is the last piece I'm going to give you on internet stuff. This is true. Make sure you source who's putting up the information. Many best of the city sites, they're actually sponsored by realtors or lenders, local people trying to get you to move to where they are to make them more money. Not because they ever talked to you and figured out where the best city for you to live is. They just want you to come to them. So make sure you curate or you check and see who's curated all those lists. That's what you're buying. Okay, moving on. They also talked about the sewer repair. Now, this is something that people ask me all the time. It's when you're in a transaction, you have a period that's your condition period or your contingency period. That's where you get to inspect the home. After the inspection in a traditional, not for everybody, but most of you in a traditional transaction, you will get to either ask for repairs. It's a request for repairs, or you're going to be able to ask them for a credit for the repair. And there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into that. And if you're wondering how the basics of how that works, the inspection, getting repairs, getting the credit for repairs, instead of me rehashing it one more time, just go back to about the middle of the interview and listen to John and Adrian and I discuss it. We discussed that. And so it's a non-hypothetical real life situation for you from real first time buyers. So you can get the straight scoop. (laughs) Too bad I can't say it from people who did it. In that same section, we also talked about something very important, the big rule of time and money. Each deal for each home on the market, that means you're going to have a different seller for each one. Each one's going to have different needs. So if they're not crazy bonkers, and sometimes even if they are, they're going to have different needs. And they might be willing to compromise on one of those things, time or money, to get more of the other. So how do you combat that? Best way to do it is to be as flexible as you can on both. Have your finances set, have extra money if you can, and your timing wise, don't stress about it. We can go deep into not trying to line up the exact end of your lease and maybe just having a month of crossover because being able to have that extra time to offer them if they need more time to move out or being able to move super quickly and maybe paying double rent for a couple of weeks because you get in there quickly, but you're still in the other place. Great. Now you just move slow. But the more that you can offer on both time and money, the better the chance that you're going to land something closer to that dream home that you've been thinking about. 
Now, another big these two talked about was that 20% down is not gospel. They made this purchase before they took the time to save 20% down because they knew the math. Talked about it in a bunch of other episodes. PMI, 100 bucks a month, totally worth it. I went into detail on this on episode 40, talking about buying now or waiting. And John and Adrian are some real life examples of how the math worked for them. It worked for them to go in with a lower down payment instead of trying to save up 20% while still paying their skyrocketing rents. That's a catch-22, right? Remember? (laughs) It's tough to save money while you're spending rent every single month. This is also discussed with Madison in episode 53 and in depth on episode 44 on how much should you put as a down payment. John and Adrian also touched on something I want to reiterate. A solid unicorn team can not only protect you from harm, but also net you a better deal. Now, lots of times I'm going to talk to you about how your unicorn realtor or real estate agent is your best ally to protect you, protecting you against those gigantic financial mistakes. That's big. Newbies and inexperienced or part-time agents, they're likely to miss things that might cost you. That's a big problem that you don't want to run into, right? And the bummer is they still get paid the same for the transaction, but you pay for their mistakes. Sometimes you pay for them during the, the contract. Sometimes you pay for them at the closing. Sometimes you definitely end up paying for them in the long run when something unexpected that they didn't know anything about shows up. And you know, most of the time, these rookies have great intentions, but they just don't have the knowledge to see the hidden things, the hidden fees, the costs, the pitfalls that just show up every time you're buying a home. And I feel for them and they probably want to do the best job they can for you, but they just don't have the training. And I get these lists all the time of 187, 188 things that can go wrong in a transaction. When I used to teach the class to new agents at my old broker, I used to teach them, hopefully try to train them so they could do their job well. I would put that list out, pass it out to everybody, and then have them raise their hands. And then I told them, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read this one by one. When I get to one of these 187 things that can go wrong, and you can't explain it to me like I'm a first-time buyer, then just put your hand down. So it starts with everyone with their hands up. And I told them, and by the way, if you keep your hand up after I read something, I might call on you and ask me to explain it to me. So everyone started with their hands up. I can tell you this right now. I never got past number 10 on that list without every hand in the room being down. And now those realtors that were in my classroom right there, they were the ones being pushed by the broker to go out Start prospecting. Talk to all your friends. See who wants to buy a house. Because you need to use those first-time buyers to help you gain some experience. Yeah, did you hear that? You see why I bailed and started my own thing? You as the first-time buyer, you're looked at as on-the-job training. Guinea pigs for the new agents to figure out how to do this right so later on they'll do it better for somebody else. Man, the system is so busted. Okay, so as I was talking about, yes, the experienced agents they will have a broader knowledge base to help protect you. That's super important. They want to make sure that you don't overpay or worse, get stuck with a costly situation that other agents without the necessary experience, they might not recognize. But what was great about John and Adrian's story was that not only did their unicorn expertise protect them from those scary pitfalls, but he also saved them even more money through savvy negotiations. It's great to protect. It's even better to sweeten and make the deal even better. There was nothing obviously wrong with the home. 
but he had the expertise to identify real value in the way the home was being marketed, and then he jumped in and closed the deal. By identifying that mislabeled property that wasn't getting the full exposure in the competitive market, they were able to pounce on it with a fewer number of buyers, less competition. That's a great thing. Now, that's not avoiding a mistake. That's having the expertise as a realtor to know what to look for, finding true value. And then once he got into the negotiation, like I said, the cojones on this guy, because he is confident in what he's saying, because he's done this before he knows it. And you know, there are lots of young agents out there, brand new, and they're super sharp and bright people, maybe smart in other things before they came over to real estate, super business savvy, great education, or, or they got world experience and all kinds of other cool things. And maybe they've even read all the negotiation books ever written, every single one, but nothing Nothing beats the years of experience and understanding within the real estate industry. It helps us figure out how to read between the lines when we have competing offers. You know, as real estate insiders are going to be able to speak the language and throw in tricks, little ways to make your offer, which might be very, very similar to another offer when you add everything up, but we can adjust it and make it look and feel better. And then... Once the offer is presented, we can explain why your offer is far more likely to close, which ultimately, that's the big thing a lot of sellers are looking for. The negotiation part of real estate, it's 50% persuasion, and it's 50% presentation of the facts to the seller's benefit. You want to present it so it looks as most beneficial to the seller as possible. And to do that, as a unicorn, you have to understand all the facts and know how to present them in a favorable, beneficial way to the seller. And that only comes with experience. A big part of the presentation that when you're trying to show the benefit to the seller is to show that you're a valid buyer. And a valid buyer is someone who is verified. So you've got a unicorn team of a realtor and a mortgage broker that's verified, not an online brokerage where the listing agent knows you're just a number to them. You're basically, you and your unicorn team, they're vouching for you. You've already saying, I already vetted this guy, I vouch for him. It's like the mafia. Instead of vouching for a guy because he put a hit on somebody last week, I'm vouching for you with pre-approvals, verification of funds, bank statements, credit scores, <laughs> really cool mafia things like that. And then what happens? We'll keep with the mafia theme. We make him an offer they can't refuse. I know a bunch of you guys don't even know what that reference is. And that's the probably because it's the worst Marlon Brando in the history of imitations. Look, you can't present a godfather offer and vouch for the stellar buyers that you've got if your agent has only been whacking people for six months. That's not a godfather. At the negotiation table, you want Don Corleone repping you, backing you, vouching for you. You don't want the guy that they just sent off to go get more cannolis. John and Adrian were smart cookies, but one of the things they brought up, which is a really good lesson for you guys, is that even they were taken aback by the speed of things once the contract was accepted. Be prepared. It's going to move quick. I'm talking super fast. Once you're ready to start making offers and then an offer gets accepted, things go into turbo and your spaceship of life goes into hyperspace. Those stars and planets come whizzing by you and you're going to freak out, which is why you don't want to put the cart before the horse. Don't go into open houses unprepared if you haven't done all the stuff to get ready and then fall in love with the place and then have to scramble and work backwards. You got to start with a loan. I know it ain't sexy. It ain't fun but you got to go step by step, okay? We've got examples of that actually in other episodes. You can listen to Alvin and Ashley from episode 33 who jumped right to step C, skipped A and B, and then called me freaking out. So here it is. There's a simple process for you. 
Three steps to help you avoid the horror stories and get to your happy ever after. Here it is. Step one, find your unicorn first before you look at any houses or even think about it and have your unicorn realtor help develop a plan for you and find an area that you want to make this happen. Then build your unicorn team of advocates that treat you like a valued client, not customer number 3,472. Follow the action steps as your unicorn realtor and the unicorn mortgage broker, both working with your best interest, get you ready to go. And then step three, when you're all prepared, go out and look at homes, get ready to write a bitchin' offer that's going to go to the top of the pile of all those other offers, and get yourself a great deal. One of the things I did want to point out to you guys is that, as I mentioned in earlier, I've had a lot of you listeners I just met. And we end up doing, get finding you a unicorn or I give you some advice or some of them even come to work with me here in Southern California. Now, Adrian's been my friend for a long time. So she benefited from half a lifetime of friendship to know that she could trust me. And as I've mentioned, these are real people and Adrian and John, this is their real experience and the facts of what happened for them. It can't be disputed. Now, is this going to work for everybody? No, because all your situations are different. But if you have any sort of reasonable intellect, and I know that you do, then you can take some of their experiences and let it guide you so you can find a smoother path for yourself. And speaking of friendship, Adrian, she's got to be a true friend because she still sees me as young and relevant and wants a drinking game for every time that I say that I'm old. Well, get ready to take a shot, folks. I am old. There you go, gang. There's one. Shot, 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 shot. But hey, me telling you that I'm old, drink again. That's good for you as a first-time homebuyer. Now, I don't know, maybe not drinking while you do your research. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes that helps. But me being older with experience and in the game, I'm old enough to help you learn from not only the things I've learned as a real estate agent, but from my mistakes. I read it for too long. I'm doing this now with all the energy of my 22-year-old renting self because I'm so pissed off and passionate about how I did the wrong thing when I was that age. Made a huge mistake, and I want to make sure you don't. But it's the experience of your unicorn that really counts when you're taking this humongous step. As John said, he was afraid when he talked to some of the other companies and he might be passed on to an assistant. Relevant fear, good fear, valid fear. His unicorn was involved right from the beginning. That's what he said. And he became a great guide for them. I told you guys to remember to rewind that part and listen to it. Look, anybody can take a phone call from you. They can check your pulse, run your numbers, and then pull up some homes on a computer that says you can afford these. And when I say anyone, I mean anyone. But you deserve more than that, and you get it for free. Now, I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to give you one more tip, maybe three or four. But this is one that I wrote down on my notes here. This is going to really, really upset and anger a whole lot of the realtors and brokers out there. But you guys need to know the way this works. I've been in this game long, long time, and I know the folks that are out there that can help you out. They're not easy to find, but a portion of experienced realtors out there are still making a good living actually doing the work with the first-time homebuyers. You know, things like asking you about your goals, talking about your finances, maybe 10% is better than 20% because PMI is not so bad. Things like that. Getting to know you, getting to know your plan, sharing the intimate market knowledge of the area. But there's an attack happening right now. Zillow and Redfin and Open Door and all these online mega giants, they're doing an incredible job creating these amazing sites. And they're trying to make you think that you can buy a home online. I'm telling you right now, that's an investor's game, not a first-time buyer's game plan. And 
for the work those tech sites can't do online. They can do everything online that's fantastic, but the big tech sites, there's some things you still can't do online when you're buying your house. So you know what they'll do? They'll gladly hook you up with one of their agents and they use them to help do the work that they can't do online. Now, who are these folks? They're either people who've just paid to have a spot on their website. Now, do you think they really check their credentials before they check their money? Nuh-uh. They don't care at all. They take the money and they'll stick anybody up there. Or they themselves, like Redfin, will hire some agents who work part-time. And those are the folks they're going to hand to you. And why do they do that? Well, because they can get those people for cheaper prices. Either they're making money off them because they're buying to be featured agents on their site, or they're actually giving the people less money as the buyer's agents who work for them because it's more cost-effective for them. They put all their money into their tactic to attract you and convince you that they've got it figured out that you can do it quick and easy, just like buying a printer or something else online. But the reason why they get you in and then they're, they're going to have you try to do so much of this online and then give you these part-time or paid agents is because it's more cost-effective for them. It's just about doing less to get paid more. But for a little while, it's 2021 in the fall here as I record this and future years from now, things may have totally changed. But right now there's a trick and that's the unicorns. They grow their business through referral, not Google searches. Their business grows if they are involved, if they serve you well, and you tell all your friends. John and Adrian's Portland Unicorn agent actually showed them homes so they could discuss these things in detail. They didn't get passed off to an assistant, a newbie, or worse, a showing agent. This is a term that I've heard for the last 10 years when I've been going out to these real estate conventions. And this is the reason why I don't get to sit at the cool kids table at, when I go to the big real estate conventions. This is why the brokers and everyone don't like me. Showing agents is a thing. They're not even full-time agents. They're basically admin people in the office who are learning how to be an agent. And when a good buyer lead comes in for that big realtor, the one, the guy whose name's on the door, they give it to the showing agent. That's a showing agent. They're not even someone who is up the ladder. You want someone who buys property, who sells property, who's involved in the community and most importantly, in negotiating deals, not just someone who is a door opener. It's insane. This entire business is built on this old antiquated idea that you put the sign in the yard and that's the way the buyers come and find you. They think that you can't find information anywhere else. Hello, people. Ever heard of this little thing called the internet? So just keep in mind, this industry has built the guy whose name on the door who, good luck, you're never going to talk to that guy. Then there's the listing agent, the person who goes and is, has five, 10 years experience and has the person who goes out there and sells a lot of the big fancy homes in the neighborhood. And then there's buyer's agents. Those are people that are maybe one or two years, but some of them are one or two months. And now they've created this thing below a buyer's agent even called a showing agent to help these, what they think is these poor suckers with the biggest financial decision of your life. It's the blind leading the clueless. And don't be mad that I'm calling you either blind or clueless. You're supposed to be. You don't know what you're doing. Not until you sit down with someone good. So that's how it really works. So what you want to do is find yourself a pro team, a unicorn realtor with experience. It's going to be your guide. Someone can help you find a unicorn lender. And then you've got that unicorn lender, that unicorn agent. Now you've got this whole team of people based on referral-based business, client-first service. And you got yourself a unicorn bubble. Madison coined that phrase and I love it. 
It's a whole team protecting you, your little bubble. You're hardly going to notice anything inside your unicorn bubble, and the process will be easier than you expected. It's your choice to go out there and find a bubble or go online and just click on anybody. Knock yourself out. Don't do it. Get a unicorn bubble. Find some magic. If you're looking for one, DM me, email me, join the How to Buy a Home Facebook page. But the best way to get a hold of me is to go to howtobuyahome.com or davidsedoni.com and fill out the contact form. I've got hundreds and hundreds of people that have come in and I'm helping them out and I'm helping them either get hooked up with a unicorn or answering their questions and getting them a plan. If you're looking, you can always find me at YouTube, Instagram. Instagram is where I mostly am. Although I'm trying TikTok, it's pretty scary. Now, the goal is to help you guys get started on your path. And trust me, the number one thing, the biggest thing I hear from all my buyers is, why didn't I talk to you sooner? I didn't know that anybody would help me if I wasn't ready to buy right away. Somebody will. But you got to reach out, ask for help, get the right guidance way before you're ready to buy a house just to help you get started on a plan. Because look, here's the deal. You start now, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I do know it will. You can do this.